Hello and welcome to the Semantic Cybersecurity Brief, our weekly podcast where we discuss all things cybersecurity. I'm Dick O'Brien and joining me today is Semantic Threat Researcher Alexei Klaymanov. This week's podcast is going to be the latest in our Attackers of the Month series. Now, the last two editions were focused exclusively on Iranian groups, but this month we're going to be taking a completely different tack and we will be focusing on Pegasus spyware, which targets mobile devices and has been in the news quite a bit recently. But before we move on to that, I have one more update on Iranian activity. That's because our peers in ClearSky put out quite an interesting report this week where they said that an Iran-linked espionage campaign had been exploiting known vulnerabilities on unpatched VPN servers. They've dubbed this campaign Fox Kitten, and they believe it could be tied to at least three different Iranian groups. The attackers have been exploiting vulnerabilities in Pulse Secure, uh, which is uh, disclosed late last year and was an awful lot of talk about it at the time, Fortinet and VPN servers sold by Palo Alto to install backdoors on the networks of their targeted organizations. So who were these targeted organizations? Well, they said they targeted organizations in the US, Israel, Saudi Arabia, Lebanon, Kuwait, the United Arab Emirates and a couple of European countries. And the sectors that were hit, they included IT, telecoms, oil and gas, aviation, security and a few government agencies. ClearSky said they found links to three different Iran groups. Uh, one was APT-34, also known as Krambus, APT-33, which we call Elfin, and APT-39, which we call Schaefer. Um, it classed the link to APT-34 as high confidence with the links to the remaining two groups classed as medium confidence. So long story short, if you are using these VPN solutions, make sure you have them updated. Now, let's move on to the main item for discussion today. Uh, the threat we are looking at this month is a little different to what we usually do. It's known as Pegasus. And the reason we're looking at it is that it has been all over the news so far this year. That's because in January, a rather explosive story emerged in which uh, Saudi Arabia was claimed to have hacked the phone of Amazon founder and CEO Jeff Bezos. Bezos's phone had been compromised allegedly after it received a WhatsApp message from the Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman and two UN special reporters who investigated the case and had an opportunity to analyze Bezos's phone found compelling evidence suggesting that the phone had indeed been compromised and the most likely means of compromise they said was infection with Pegasus. Needless to say, the news created shockwaves, not least because of the alleged infection vector, a message from the Saudi Crown Prince himself. And then a week or so later, there were further revelations when Citizens' Right Group, Citizen Lab, which does some great research on these kind of threats, I might add, revealed that a New York Times reporter was sent a a malicious text message that attempted to download Pegasus onto his phone. The journalist in question was Ben Hubbard, who is the Beirut bureau chief for the New York Times, and he received a suspicious text message in June 2018. The message was written in Arabic and contained a link. Now, he didn't click on that link, and it didn't appear that any data was successfully exfiltrated from his phone, but he did hand his phone over to Citizen Lab, who did a bit of work on it and determined that he had been targeted with Pegasus. Um, Now, Pegasus is not a new threat. We've been hearing intermittent reports of its use for a few years now. For example, last year, there was a report from Amnesty International, which said that human rights activists in Morocco had been repeatedly targeted by attackers using sophisticated spyware for mobile devices, and that spyware was Pegasus. So 
Pegasus, what is it? It's usually on these podcasts, we talk about particular groups who may use a variety of tools to target their victims. However, this time around, we're talking about a single tool that is seemingly used by a variety of groups. Um, and one of the things that's interesting about Pegasus is it's developed and sold by an Israeli-based company called NSO. And they say it's a legitimate tool. And they say they only sell it to governments and law enforcement agencies, which does throw up some interesting questions about whether these tools should be sold. And if so, if there's any way to prevent them from being misused or falling into the wrong hands. However, that's probably a debate for another day for now. Let's just look at Pegasus itself. And we're fortunate to have with us Alexi uh, because he's done a lot of work analyzing Pegasus and knows way more about it than me. So we spoke briefly about what Pegasus is. Could you, but could you tell me more detail what kind of tool Pegasus is? Sure. So as you've already mentioned, Pegasus is an APT malware family and it's mainly focusing on espionage based on mobile devices. So we already know that it has versions for both Android and iOS. And according to Citizen Lab, yeah, it was created by a company called NSO Group and it's been sold to high-profile customers like governments. It's been advertised as a cyber intelligence products to fight crime, but unfortunately, yes, there are reports uh, stating that it has largely been misused to target people like journalists and dissidents in particular countries. Okay. and. What capabilities does it have? I think you've had an opportunity to analyze Pegasus itself, haven't you? Yes, I had a chance to work on the tactical report covering uh, all its functionality in depth. So I have good understanding of how it works from the inside. So the main focus is uh, obviously the advanced spinach. So examples of functionality include taking photos with cameras, audio surveillance, with the embedded microphone, sending attackers phone location, taking screenshots or recording keystrokes, basically all bits and pieces that can give attacker an idea what the victim is about. In addition, it is able to exfiltrate private data from various messengers like Facebook, Twitter, Viber, emails, browser history, contacts, calendar, everything has been sent. Yeah. And I guess mobile devices are so um, so multifunctional and so powerful these days. So there is an awful lot you can do once you compromise one. There's an awful lot of information exactly. you can exactly. take, you know. Um, uh, yeah. And basically, nowadays, mobile devices became our common gateway to multiple services. And many companies also set up two-factor authorization using mobile devices. So as long as attackers get access to it, it may solve lots of their problems. Here... Attackers are able to control device remotely by various means, even including specially crafted SMSs. So there is plenty of options for them to keep going. Okay, all right. And how, how are people infected with Pegasus? Um, we've heard people getting text messages or WhatsApp messages. Is that mainly how it is spread or do you, do you have any other uh, Yeah, exactly. As yeah. you mentioned, usually victim is expected to clean a web link. It can be sent by various means. SMS, WhatsApp, any way to deliver the data from the attacker in a reliable way so the yeah. victim will be tempted to click on it. When it happens, it leads to remote code execution and eventually the malware is being deployed with the rest of the models. Apart from that, the interesting fact is that the URL which 
Uh, malware expects to be present in the browser history. It contains main configuration values for it. So later it will be parsed, reprocessed, and uh, be part of functionality. Okay. Now, we've heard an awful lot about um, the security of mobile messaging services and um, lots of services now are operation end-to-end encryption. Does that mean uh, if I have used an end-to-end encryption uh, met- messaging service such as WhatsApp that my messages are safe if my phone is compromised by Pegasus or are they only protected while they're in transit? Unfortunately not. Yes, end-to-end encryption means that the data is secure between the device and the receiver, but as long as attackers have access to a local system and they have uh, required privileges, which uh, this uh, malware provides them. It contains uh, privilege escalation exploit, which yeah. eventually gives them full access to the compromised system. They are able to exfiltrate the data. Okay, right. Um, so once they're on your device, that's pretty much it. They can get, they can get nearly everything. Um, you've looked at you know lots of other pieces of malware in your time um, how does this compare to other tools you may have looked at is it a very sophisticated tool or is it pretty regular run of the mill first thing to mention this malware has really rich functionality so it's modular the code is very well structured so there are strong indicators that there is a professional team of developers supporting on the continuous basis and we see over time that configuration values uh, have slightly different naming conventions, which also may lead to the fact that there are multiple people working on it and keep adding new functionality. So the latest versions which we encounter were obfuscated. So for example, strings and method names used were encrypted all in the effort to avoid detection and also tamper reverse engineering efforts. And network communication is obviously also encrypted in this case. Okay. Now, if someone was to be uh, infected with Pegasus, would they have any indication or, or any way of knowing that it was on the, the device? Are there any warning signs? It uh, might be really tricky for usual users. So there are certain indicators of compromise, obviously, that can reveal its presence. So, for example, certain file paths for deployed modules and these IOCs are publicly available online. Yeah. In addition, both Android and iOS uh, malware elevates its privileges, essentially rooting the device. So this process also usually doesn't go unnoticed. But overall, for most people, again, it won't be trivial. And apart from that, malware really makes sure that it remains well hidden. So it includes rich functionality to clear its traces and it is able to delete itself if necessary. Okay, the fact that it's been continually supported by developers probably means that it's going to get a bit stealthier all the time. If if there are warning signs discovered, they will probably quickly clean them up. Exactly, exactly. And uh, the samples that we, the more recent samples that we analyzed were basically obfuscated versions uh, of older code base. So again, it means that in many cases, attackers prefer to reuse the same functionality modified rather than rewrite. Okay things from scratch. All right. Now, if somebody is concerned about being compromised by Pegasus or a kind of similar tool, is there any way to prevent it? Or For most users, the recommended way is to obviously install mobile security software and keep it up to date. And in addition, follow obvious cybersecurity safety rules. First of all, not click on links coming from unknown contacts or suspicious sources. 
Yeah, I guess we're all aware of um, suspicious emails or links in, in, in emails, but maybe that uh, guidance needs to kind of uh, expand out into mobile messages or the, the awareness needs to be there that there's, there's more than one infection vector for malware and uh, it's not just email. Yes, yes. I think users should be aware that regardless of the platform, regardless of the protocol, of uh, ways people communicate, the bad guys can leverage it for their own purposes. So their most fundamental basic rules of uh, treating uh, certain things uh, with certain level of suspicion will definitely help. Okay, thanks, Alexei. That's about all we have time for this week. But if you've been enjoying our podcast, don't forget to subscribe to avoid missing out on all of the action in future. You can also follow us on Twitter at Threat Intel or Medium at medium.com forward slash threat hyphen intel. If you'd like to read our latest research, check out our blog, which can be found at semantic.com forward slash blogs forward slash threat hyphen intelligence. We'll be back again next week with a special report from myself and Candid because we'll be uh, attending the RSA Security Conference in San Francisco and have some news from there. But until then, thank you and goodbye.